<laughs> Hi, hello, Brian. How are you? How are you doing? Help me. Please help me. Hey, of course I'll help you, Brian. You and I are pals. I'll be happy to help you. But you'll have to feed me first. <laughs> Snow Dogs 5. <laughs> Was it Taken 3? Taken a 2. <laughs> Alright. Welcome to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast by horror fans for horror fans. We talk about horror movies of all eras, even the future. Yep. Snow Dogs 7. Will um, be awesome. Yeah. It'll be the 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 grand comeback of Cuba Gooding Jr. Yes. All right. Uh, we're not critics. We're artists and illustrators. And we will likely spoil the movies we're going to talk about. Maybe not the ones we talk about that we saw, but the ones that we deliberately watched and maybe took notes on. We'll, we'll spoil those. <clears throat> Thank you to the Moonrays for their song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find their music on iTunes or Amazon. You can uh, find them on Facebook, where they are The Moon Dash Rays. Um, and real quick, uh, shout out to the Howl Horror Program, which is another podcast. They they said hi to us on Instagram. Uh, it's a little back and forth, and they asked uh, why the why the Lost Boys hate on the last Wicker Man. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> and I said, "There's no legitimate hate here." I know, oh, I know. It's, it, well, it's pretty Bernie. It, from you, it is okay. So to be clear, will all my hate is genuine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't have any legitimate hate for the Lost Boys. I I do, I do believe that some of the stuff uh, could have been left out. That was a little, uh, a little cheeky and a little uh, silly. I think the silliness is what doesn't hold up. Yeah, everything between the opening credits and the closing <laughs> credits. <laughs> That's the part I had problems with. Okay. No, I enjoyed the first of that movie. The vampires are great. The vampires are great. It's just the it's it's the foxy grandpa character, which I don't remember being so bad. That and the twerpy younger brother. Yeah. Who is somehow sort of a main character, but you know. Oh. I remember Echo and the Bunnymen do a cover of uh, People Are Strange. Yeah. Which I kind of like. Oh, yeah. The doors. How about the oily man playing the saxophone? Do you remember him? The oily man. I don't remember oh, the oily he's man. he's shirtless and muscular and oily and he's uh, gyrating. Is he on the boardwalk? Yeah. When they're at that beach party or yeah. the, some, I don't know. We, we should watch this, like at least some clips from it. Really? Oh, man. Oh, I don't, I don't I, I've not seen it in Yonks. Yeah, can't remember. I, yeah, it's been I, I don't remember time. hating it. I didn't hate it when I first saw it, but 
my most recent watch, which has probably been 15 years ago. Mm. I just remember the foxy grandpa made me <laughs> nuts. Hey, maybe it comes back around and you're there's this there's okay a with him again. Simpsons where uh, <laughs> they have some line. Sideshow Bob's watching some TV show. And I don't know. It's just Grandpa says the line at the end. I don't remember what the line is, but it fit with the foxy grandpa from lost boys all the damn vampires yeah that line no 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 it wasn't that it, i don't want to talk about it i don't remember <laughs> it well enough fair enough all right um yeah, I'll, I'll add that big thump out no sure <laughs> so so will <laughs> will what have you watched since we did this last um, I think I watched three episodes of The Americans. You did what? Well, we missed a week, so we could watch two. Oh, okay. And then we had this this one this past week. You We're not me, caught up yet. You gave yourself an advance on the next week. No, no, no. We missed a week there where we didn't watch one because whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have I watched? Any Svengooly? No. Radical Soul. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't remember watching anything else. I know I did, but hmm. I should have written them down. Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot a couple, I'm sure. But, uh, Jolien, what about you? Uh, well, I watched uh, the Blu-ray of The Castle of Cagliostro, the first movie directed by Hayao Miyazaki, which is great. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. I have not. Such fun. I love Miyazaki's work, so right. yeah. I'm going to watch Have that. a look at that. And I watched uh, Invasion of the Bee Girls. Oh, excellent. Uh, Emily had had a hard day, and I asked her what she wanted to see, and she said, ah, maybe sci-fi or horror or something really bad. I know, the very movie. <laughs> so got uh, Invasion of the Bee Girls, which is, uh, I don't think it's bad. No, it's got it's a cool cast. Bad. It's got William Smith in it. Hmm. Have, you, have you seen this one? Mm-hmm. Um, Victoria Vetri uh, from Blood from the Mummy's Tomb, I think. Uh, written by Nicholas Meyer of Ooh. Star Trek. Oh, okay. The good movies. Um, yeah. You're talking a, about the one with the whales. Fun. It's, it's very 70s. Have you seen it? Uh, I've seen B-Girls. I haven't I'm seen not. Star Creatures. Okay, we'll have a look at that. I would watch that. Uh, oh, I watched Brain Damage. I didn't. Obviously. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Now, ironically, they watched. Uh, oh, I know my I copy, watched. which yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I didn't get a chance to see it. I've not I seen thought, it in decades. I, oh, you watched it not too too long ago. You showed it to me. Ten years. Well, ago it may or have less. been a decade now. <laughs> Time flies, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. I remember taking my best girl to see it at the drive-in in 1952. Wow. <laughs> Were you wearing a zoot suit? Oh, yes. I was decked out. It man. was way, way out of date, though, on the zoot suit by about <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> Not stylish. I don't care. It's classic. What else have you seen since last time? Uh, I, I watched, watched the, the Beast Must Die. That oh, okay. was what I was trying to That's, That's what it was. The Beast yes. Must Die. Yes. By excellent. Jolien's recommendation and loan. Yes. How was that? It was excellent. Mm. I liked it a lot. I would have changed the ending, but that's okay. okay. No spoilers on this one. Um, Don't tell us which is the beast and why they must die. Everybody is the beast. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. We are all the beast. 
Yeah, I love movies that do that. <laughs> so I watched. A, I've seen, been watching a bunch of Hong Kong movies, fantasy movies. Um, the last movie I watched though was um, Judgment at Nuremberg. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Have you watched that? <laughs> That's animated, right? Oh sure, yeah. Not, lots of dance numbers. Some some of uh, Bob Clampett's best work. <laughs> <laughs> Beanie and Cecil's triumph of the will. <laughs> uh, no, I've not seen it. That's, that's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, never boring. You know, it's yeah, quite a long movie. It's great cast. Excellent. Oh, I saw some still photos from a movie I wanted to ask you about. It was called Judex, or oh yeah, is is that how it's pronounced, or is it Hudex? Or... <laughs> J-U-D-E-X I'm not sure It's like a French movie isn't Yeah it? It's got a woman with a mask mm-hmm. So you know mm. Being raised with Catwoman uh, On the television Of course that always catches your eye You're like yes. oh wait Look a woman in a mask <laughs> Is she wearing a, a Tight leather bodysuit too But uh, it looked interesting I saw all these still mm-hmm. photos I don't yeah. know how the hell I ran across that I think I was yeah. trying to find something else I have folders full of crazy stuff that I find (laughs) going down those Google search rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. So that's one I was interested in seeing. I thought I should ask you if you've seen it. I don't have it. Sorry. But no, but I thought, is it good though? That's what I really (laughs) want to know. Mm, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, wow. I've I've just seen the stills. Yeah. They're out there. Well, we have to find a copy. We have to. Uh, Did we cover what you've seen? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I'll just watch a bunch of Hong Kong movies and Things. Anything with Hong Kong Fui in it? No, uh, it's... Technically, The Shining had Hong Kong Fui in it. It's for this project I want to work on. That, so I've been researching Hong Kong magic. So did you get the gig for sure? No. So you just... I, I you're bulking up. Probably doing the poster. Uh, the publisher wants to retain the rights to doing the graphic novel, but they're not putting much money into it. Hmm. And so, you know, it doesn't sound like they're enthusiastic about doing something good. They just right. want something to secure rights. We'll, we'll put everything in it but the money. So I, I'm i not willing to do just churn out crap. It'll be good exposure. Yeah. Can you spend those sweet exposure bucks <laughs> somewhere right. in town? You know, people die of exposure. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Every time someone says, like, uh, oh, you know, we'll give you exposure. Okay, I'll uh, I'll just take your car and tell people where I got it from. Yeah, how's, yeah. How's that work out? <laughs> ah. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably do the poster. That'll be good at least. It'll be good for your portfolio and exposure. Mm-hmm. Good for your uh, portfolio. Yeah. I fucking hate Does anybody that. have a portfolio? You know, actually. <laughs> I always look at. I mean, I could put some stuff together, but does anybody have like? No one an carries organized around a physical per- portfolio anymore. Yeah. No. Here, look at this crap on my phone. I've made about <laughs> I've made about three or four flailing attempts at putting together a portfolio, and I always just get bored with it. It's like that's old, that's old. I could have done this one better. Nah, never mind. Here's some stuff in a folder. <laughs> hire me or don't. And usually it's like, well, I want to hire you for this, but uh, I don't have any money, so uh, yeah. it'll be good exposure. I take yeah. one to shows. Yeah. So people can yeah, see the original I, I pages. Yeah, I see taking, you know, that, you know, you want to show off some work at a yeah. show. That's yeah. good, but... Yeah, the last time I hauled one round to interviews was like when I first got out of college. 
Yeah. And uh, I had all these interviews, and they went they went pretty well mostly. And uh, but but the recession just kicked in as soon as I left oh. college. So just magazines all folded up all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> they're hard to read when they're folded up. Yeah. All right. So since last time I saw uh, one that you loaned me, Jolien, Bell Book and Candle. Oh yeah. Which um, is arguably the inspiration well not arguably it is clearly the inspiration for bewitched yes and uh stars uh james stewart and kim novak mm-hmm. as well as a, a a bit part uh played by a young cool jack lemon mm-hmm. and uh some elsa lanchester uh, isn't it yeah yeah elsa lanchester not looking as hot as she did in bride of frankenstein <laughs> I will say that, but... Well, how many years has that been? 30? Oh, probably 30 yeah, at that 30. point. <laughs> 28 or 32 or something like that. Anyway, so, but uh, she was still fun. She was, she's, she's a fun actress. So yep. uh, that was cool. Um, so uh, I enjoyed that a lot, especially had that nice Technicolor kind of well, vibrant. Yeah, and all the beatniks. Yeah, beatniks. I love beatniks. I could watch those old beatnik so, movies have, all have day. Have you seen that one? A long, long time ago. I'd like to watch it again mm. or borrow it. Yeah, oh, it's here. Cool. Um, you find it kind of uh, kind of subversive because the movie ends with her being domesticated. Right. But when she's fun and sexy is when she's kind of free and doing her own thing. Yeah, being an actual witch. So that's the fun bit that you remember. Right. And so you, it kind of subverts things. You forget that sad, boring ending, yeah. you know, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's cool because they they did do some good exterior shots of New York um, in the winter, and then of course some of it was clearly a set. Um, you know, some of the exteriors were some sort of a set, some back lot somewhere. But it's it's really a good looking movie, and it's fun. It's light. It, you you don't feel like uh, too invested in the characters to where you're stressing out like, oh no, what's going to happen to them? It's just mm-hmm. fun to just kind of roll through it, and of course. You know, Kim Novak and James Stewart being in uh, some of those Hitchcock movies together, mm-hmm. it, it all kind of feels like it belongs as one sort of, uh, you know, uh, bit of work, you know, this this era that they were working together. Yeah. So that was pretty body of work is what I was looking to say. Uh, I did start to watch um, Curse of the Werewolf. It is a slow movie. So um, I figured I'll, I'll watch that in two or three installments because you know, it's fairly long and it's, it's fairly quiet at the front end. I remember that about it, that you don't get a lot of werewolf. They load all the werewolf stuff at the back end of the right. movie, not at the front end of the movie. So um, so I'll be patiently waiting for what I think is one of the cooler looking werewolves yes. in werewolf movies. He doesn't do a rap, though. I've got to warn you. Yeah, the wolf cop mm. rap. Uh, I wasn't kidding when I promised I would tack that on the end of our Wicker Man episode. <laughs> Did I, you? I faded down Willow's song after about a minute and 15 seconds and faded up the Wolf Cop rap, Sacrilege. which I think is just called Wolf Cop. Rap. It should be. <laughs> it may be called that. And of course, I watched Brain Damage, which uh, we'll be talking about as our as our feature. It's a blast from the past. It's yes. Brain Damage. So, Will, do you remember the first time you saw it? Uh, Jolien introduced me to this film. <laughs> what did you think when you first saw it? Uh, I thought that film was pretty cool. <laughs> There's it nothing else like out it. There. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a strange one. Um, do you know much about the guy who did the voice of the Aylmer? Who was that? Uh, Zachary. Yes. So he was a horror movie host. Um, okay. So he's like 97 years old. So which cities did he uh, host at? 
Uh, well, he started in 1957 doing Shock Theater, um, which I understand was um, Philadelphia, PA. Mm. Um, that's Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to our international listeners. Sorry. <laughs> People from Brazil. Jolene, are you responsible for all of our listens in the UK? We had like 30 UK listens. Oh, I, I have a huge following in the UK. I'm afraid. It's big They're in so, the UK. so proud of our hometown boys. Yeah. Do they think you're the Jolian who makes chairs? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the modern furniture guy with yeah. the same name as you? He's got the same name. He, he does like custom furniture for yachts and things. Wow. So he, he's the rich one. So, oh, so I girls, smell if some you're identity after, theft If you're after here. someone named Jolian Yates, then that's the guy to go for. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> so, yeah, we got a ton of um, listens in the UK. But, uh, yeah, so Zachary is this... Um, one of the first horror movie hosts, I would assume. Now, uh, horror hosts I read about in Fangoria like long before I ever saw any footage. So when, yeah. I, when I was living in England, so I think he was the first one they wrote about. And then it was like, of course, then you would hear about Vampire Sanas Svenguli and yeah, Elvira. Yes. So th- these are people who like uh, they play a movie on the some late night weekend, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they like do sketches in between they, they kind of talk like about commercial it. breaks and things yeah they talk about it a little bit make okay. a little bit of fun of it sometimes they pop up in the middle there yeah occasionally they will interrupt the film but uh, I, I i did grow up with the original sven Gulli as mm-hmm. my horror host in chicago <laughs> he was my horror host <laughs> who is yours Oh, I didn't have Patches one. the Clown. <laughs> Bozo. <laughs> Bozo was your horror host. It's pretty scary. So, uh, very few people would actually have had, uh, like, um, the original Vampira, I guess, as a, because she was on for such a short amount of time in L.A., and, of course, no tape exists, I think. You know, there's, yeah. like, very little footage left of, of her stuff, but uh, I think some of the some of the ones that came a little bit later, they might have some tape on them, but you don't see a lot of it anymore. I don't even think the original Sven Gulli, there's much of his stuff. But the Sven Gulli we have now, uh, he's he's going strong. He's still doing this thing. So Zacherly, John Zacherly did the voice of the Aylmer. Aylmer. A-Y-L-M-E-R. Yes. I forget the little rant that the old guy goes on. But um, I have some... Some notes on the... Did anybody else think that it looked earlier in the 80s than 1988? I thought so. I thought it looked like about 1984. Is this sitting on the shelf for a while? It might have been maybe for a year or two. I don't think so. He he, did Basket Case in 82, didn't he? And then this Uh, was his second movie. Oh, okay. So it's quite a gap. Yeah. Not sure what's going on there. So, of course, that would be... um, doesn't he have cramps posters on his bedroom wall or yeah. something? Oh, yeah. He had the Bauhaus. Bauhaus, yeah. yeah. Maybe the cramps, too. Yeah, he has a cramps like, poster. Let's make this kid a cool kid, right? And they have some generic food above the fridge. Yeah. Uh, grape drink. <laughs> Cornflakes and chili. <laughs> it's all the good old generic packaging. Yeah. Um, did you notice the conspicuous uh, similarity of the name Brian and the word brain? Yes. <laughs> I thought that was um, not too well veiled. Uh, where, where I live here, um, like we're in between these two projects, and uh, some 
uh, kid had had a birthday and they'd like sprayed the street outside so that he could read it from his window, but they'd spelled it wrong. So it was happy birthday brain. <laughs> How do you know they spelled it wrong? Well, maybe his name was brain. Huh? Maybe, maybe it's his nickname. Maybe he's like the smartest kid and his bunch of dumb kid friends. <laughs> or maybe he's the dumbest kid. Oh, so it's a, a sarcastic bunch of smart nickname. Friends. Yeah. Like calling a big guy tiny. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Way to go, brain. <laughs> they were going to spray paint your name outside. It makes me think of uh, that movie California, spelled with a K. With, uh, oh, yes. Yeah, so Brad, we... Brad Pitt says to, uh, to um, oh, what's Mulder's real name? <laughs> <laughs> David Duchovny. David Duchovny. He says to him, hey, your name's Brian. You just switched letters around. It says brain. You ever notice that? <laughs> oh, man. I should find that sound bite. Yeah. <laughs> so. So you you saw this about ten years ago for the first time, probably about that when we all worked at the art supply store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the halcyon days, <laughs> life was good. Yeah, yeah, we were broke <laughs> because we worked at the art supply store. <laughs> More money then than I do now. Funny how that works. <clears throat> so so you liked it? Yeah. Even even through the bad acting. I don't think there's much bad acting. Just brain. Brain did the bad the bad acting. Uh, What's his name? Uh, what is his name? I don't know. Uh, Rick Herbst. Herbst. <laughs> Herbst. H e r b s t. Hmm. I wonder how much other acting he's done. I don't know, but how much did they pay him to roll around on that filthy bathroom floor? Ooh, not enough. Because that was a real building he was in. That didn't. That was not a set. I'm pretty sure they filmed that at some well, I, shitty hotel. I found a, a website that looked like it was pretty well researched, and they had a lot of like behind the scenes production photos and a lot of the uh, the press kit stuff from the show. And uh, they said the they said the budget was approximately six hundred thousand dollars. Another account said nine hundred thousand, but I'll believe this one. And it said all the interiors for brain damage were sets that were built on the sixth floor of a belt factory on 33rd Street between 10th and 11th Avenues. So this is a this was filmed in New York, but they they had uh, basically all right, you know, an old belt factory to work with. Um, the street in front of the factory was filled with hookers at night catering to drive-by cars. I don't know what that means. What the street in front of the factory was filled with hookers at night. Catering to drive-by cars. Aren't all cars drive-by? <laughs> no, they were catering to the cars driving by. Yes, I know. That's Mainly the men in the Horrible them. syntax. I, yeah, that was bad, really bad syntax. Um, but there were a bunch of hookers outside this building. Okay. Trying to wave down men in cars. That's a better way to say it. Yes. Um, the, crew used <laughs> the crew used to film the events with a video camera from the second floor, which yielded some... Amazing real-life pornography. <laughs> the crack craze was also just hitting New York, uh, so the sidewalks were covered with crack vials in the morning. All of this helped germinate the idea for Frankenhooker. Mm. So, what seeds oh. were planted from the production of Brain Damage? Frankenhooker. Good old Frankenhooker, which I've watched recently. Yeah? Yeah, it's, it's worth a re-watch for mm-hmm. sure. It's been a long time since I've seen Frankenhooker. Well, didn't realize they were related. Hmm. My phone's going off with an Amber Alert. I think alert. that was his next movie, wasn't it? 
Uh, I believe that was his next movie. Mm. So, um, a couple more facts here. There were um, anywhere between six and 12, and they put Elmer's because, well, you could call him Elmer or Aylmer. Uh, so there were between six and 12 of them made, depending on what he needed to be doing. And because of the cables that they used to make him move, he also made all kinds of metallic banging sounds, so they had to record all the dialogue and dub that over with Rick Herbst. So in case uh, someone's listening to this without having seen the film... What is the ailment? Which is foolish. What, what's the setup of this? Movie? Well, Will, do you want to do you want to uh, kind of run it down for us? Sure. Uh, we open with a, a old couple in a kind of rundown apartment, and uh, the old man comes in with some brains, and they're not good. And the, <laughs> <laughs> the old couple get in an argument, and then. The old lady goes in the bathroom and says, oh, my God, it's gone. And they show an empty tub full of water. There's nothing in there. And they run around tearing their house apart, looking for something. And then they collapse on the floor. They're foaming at the mouth. (laughs) And uh, then we we, uh, cut to their next-door neighbor, who's, uh, I don't know, 20-something... Early 20s, anyway. Yeah. Probably his New first York apartment. Kid, yeah, probably. Uh, has a roommate who looks exactly like him. <laughs> I kept reading things that said that the character was supposed to be his brother in yeah. the context of the oh, film. Oh, yeah, okay. I think, so. I think that's right, yeah. Um, anyway, turns out there is a creature called the Aylmer um, that is kind of a brain fetus looking thing lots of pointy teeth and cute little eyes <laughs> it's the prettiest blue eyes uh and a great speaking voice uh, and he turns out to be i don't know he can he eats brains but he can also uh uh dope you up with some sort of blue brain juice that he injects into your brain so so i kind of got the feeling that when he eats the brains it helps him produce the blue brain juice possibly so he creates a port in the back of your neck yeah where he sticks a little needle in yeah and you you better not get tired of that shot because they show it like (laughs) four or five times exactly how his little mouth opens his little wiggly teeth (laughs) the drippy needle thing comes out and then you get the inside shot of the brain with the blue juice squirting around in it. Yeah. That's pretty stunning. Yeah. They're not afraid to do it over and over. <laughs> kind of like the flashback of Nicolas Cage with the fiery wreck in The Wicked yeah. Man. Over and over and over. The corrected version. So it turns out that... Uh, <laughs> uh, Brian, who's the kid's name, makes a deal with Aylmer here and... Uh, if he brings Aylmer brains, Aylmer will give him drugs, basically. The blue brain juice. Um, but he's taking over Brian's mind, basically. Brian doesn't remember going out and killing a security guard. And it kind of ruins his relationships with yeah, and everybody. His, yeah, and then his brother steals this girlfriend. Yeah, that was bound to happen, the way things were going. 
Yeah. Brian was just being a junkie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, you know, he, was, he, was, uh... he put locks on all the doors. He was... Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he wasn't so messed up that he couldn't uh, go buy some locks and install them. Mm-hmm. So this is a kind of remake of The Lost Weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that would be a good double bill. I was going to say Hamlet, but that's much more accurate. Um, so, basically what Brian is for the Aylmer, who I always think of him as a cross between a turd and an eel. <laughs> yeah. Like, a, he's got like some leech type things on his underbelly. Yeah, he does. These little ports. Um, I thought they were little suckers. Yeah, like suckers. Yeah, like because at some point Brian has a dream that he's got those suckers. Yeah, on. he lifts his shirt up and he has suckers on his belly. Yeah, yeah. The dream sequences are pretty crazy because he does the one where he's eating the girlfriend's brain. Mm-hmm. Now I, I made some notes on the edited scenes, um, because some of it felt like I don't remember it being quite that explicit. Um. Uh, there's a website called movie-censorship.com and um, they gave a rundown of some of the, some of the scenes that have been edited, you know, shortened or cut out entirely. So at one point, Brian goes into this club called hell mm-hmm. and he's dancing around being ridiculous and stupid because he has Elmer or Aylmer brain juice going. And there's yeah. some kind of no wave band playing or something. No wave. Yeah. yeah I don't think I've got the notes for who uh. that was. But they were, I, I didn't recognize them. No, they, were, yeah. they weren't anyone you would recognize, but they, they did get credited. They sounded right for the era. I mean, they weren't bad, but they didn't. They, they weren't good. They didn't turn into anything. <laughs> um, so there's a scene where he meets a girl in the club, and I don't know if she's supposed to be a prostitute or just somebody who wants to hook up. But they end up out behind the club. I think they go in the bathroom, but then they climb out the window or something like that. So, they go down to the bro- the boiler room, don't they? I think they're in the alley, because I think they're next to a dumpster. Yeah. I think they're outdoors. I think they climbed out a window and they're in the alley. She, okay. she take. I think it's in the boiler room. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, because I thought there was a big boiler. Oh, okay. She takes them through a door that says keep out or something. Yeah, because oh, okay. they were going to go into the bathroom. But everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. was so in there the doing bathroom, Everyone's doing drugs in the bathroom, so yeah. they, they go out this other door. Oh, and he already had done his drugs, so he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so he's fine. He's he's great. So she's feeling his pants, and and uh, she and I could probably uh, throw that uh, soundbite in here. She, she says, you've got a real monster in there, or something like that. <laughs> but she's feeling the Aylmer in his pants. Yep. Feels like you got a real monster in there. And she unzips the pants to go down on him, and uh, of course, Aylmer comes diving out and into her mouth, and we get what's what's frequently referred to as the blowjob scene, uh, where Aylmer's going in and out of her mouth, and it looks well. I think Brian's holding her head, and moving her head back and forth, but it definitely looks pornographic as it's happening. But he's eating her brain. What, what Margot Kidder would call fellatio. Oh, okay. Yes, yes we're going to use fancy French words, sure. As we learned in Black Christmas. (laughs) Right. Fellatio. Uh, So that scene was really shortened a lot. Uh, And I think, you know, that that was understandable. So this version we watched was was not 
Not censored. Cut, not censored. Okay. Because, yeah, some of those, that and when his ear fell off and all the blood came out of his head. Yeah. Where he's, and he was screaming. Yeah. That seemed to go on forever. Whereas yeah. I don't remember it being that I bar- long. I barely remembered it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so seeing it so extended and so much goop and stuff pulling out of his ear. So that's called the brain, that's called the brain pulling scene, I guess. Okay. And, um, there's a motorcycle gang going past, uh, or a guy on a motorcycle. Wheels and wheels. <laughs> uh, the motel room scene where Brian is detoxing, mm-hmm. apparently, um, or hotel, I guess it was a hotel, uh, I guess that was uh, shortened because uh, uh, he was really gross. He had like yellowy sweat and he was all writhing on the floor. Yeah. I don't remember that being uh, any different, but yeah, the blowjob scene and the ear fountain yeah. were different. Uh, but they definitely didn't cut that hotel scene out entirely because... Um, that's where the Aylmer's in the sink, and he's just basically taunting Brian and singing to him. Yeah. And, of course, I'll be putting that song in right about here. Why are the stars always winking and blinking above? What makes a fella start thinking of falling in love? It's not the season. The reason is plain as a moon. It's just Elmer's tune. What makes a lady of A go out on the loose? Why does a gander meander in search of a goose? What puts the kick in a chicken, the magic in June? It's just Elmer's tune. Listen, listen. There's a lot you're liable to be missing. <laughs> Sing it. So wing it, any old way and any old time. The hurdy-gurdies, the birdies, the cop on the beat, the candy maker, the baker, the man on the street, the city charmer, the farmer, the man in the moon. Well, sing Elmer's tune. Uh, Aylmer's, or I'm sorry, the song is actually called Elmer's Tune. Elmer's Tune, <laughs> and it's a it's it's a lively little tune that he sings. Yeah. Um, then uh, let's see the um, when he's pacing the hotel bathroom, the common bathroom area. Mm-hmm. When he's pacing around while while Elmer or Aylmer is doing the uh, doing the murder in the stall. Um, and yeah. The, and then when the um, when that victim loses a lump of brain onto the floor, apparently that got edited out. Uh, and then Brian's dream sequence where he's eating Barbara's brain. Uh-huh. That uh, got shortened or edited. Um, and then the Paramount logo that pops up after the ending credits is only shown in the R-rated version and not the unrated version. So that's all the stuff that got cut out, which amounts to about two minutes. Yeah. Hmm. So your runtime is 84 minutes or 86 minutes depending on which version you're watching. So, um, any favorite moments in the film? I think my favorite moments when his head explodes at the end and there's light coming out of it. That was pretty cool. What? (laughs) (laughs) The other scene I remember is when he goes down in the, um, uh, the tube station and there's a, 
basket basket case. case. Yes, oh yeah, the, ca- the cameo. Yeah, I I I like basket case best. Yeah, you know I don't know that I've ever seen it to be honest with oh, you. You have to watch okay. Basket Case at some point. Yeah, it's so. Uh, it's been a long, long time yeah, since I've seen it's Basket such a Case. Sleazy atmosphere. Yeah. Why, don't, why don't we do an episode called um, a lot of a lot of Hen and Lauder <laughs> for the for the director Frank Hen and Lauder. We could just do a retrospective of his movies. I've not seen that last one he did. Which oh one? yeah, what was that? Oh. Uh, he he did another one like in '93 or something, didn't he? Is that what you're thinking of? There was one just a couple of years ago, which is much more concerned with sex and strangeness. Let's look it up. Yeah, I remember seeing Basket Case the first time. I felt quite nauseated because the just the whole <laughs> sleazy atmosphere and and what, you know the and the you know when the person gets a face full of scalpels and yeah uh, it's just so uh yeah it wasn't um it wasn't that that clean sort of special effect you get in yeah in other movies it was all so grimy and sweaty i liked it yeah and it, like uh that, that was a film where he uh, he he animated uh belial crawling around the room and wrecking it mm-hmm. and it came out too well he he was like doing stop motion like frame by frame yeah and it came out so slick it, he he thought it didn't fit with the rest of the movie oh. so he redid it uh more Burst. crudely <laughs> hey that worked was That's it funny. bad biology you were thinking of ah uh, that could be it let's see there was another one here why is this thing making noise Shh. uh there's another one called uh oh no there's there's some about herschel gordon lewis um, and apparently, he directed that. So it must have been it must have been bad biology, because we otherwise have sequels to Basket Case and Frankenhooker. There was a Basket Case three, by mm-hmm. the way. What? Yeah, probably knew that. Snow Dog seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I think probably my favorite moment. In the movie is when we first meet Elmer, and uh, he says, "Hi there," and, and you just hear his little voice, and he's, he's like, "Yeah, it's so surprising that voice coming out of that." Yeah, they could have done creature. like, you know, like scratchy, weird little voice or something, but mm-hmm. instead they're just like, "Well, hello, Brian," <laughs> and then he sings that little ditty I talked about. That's another favorite moment for me is is Elmer's tune, and. Um, and there's some moments where he's not really taunting him. He's just telling him, what. well, you don't remember killing that guy, do you? Mm-hmm. You know, and that kind of stuff. I enjoyed the scenes when Brian is freaking out, even though the acting's not good with his forced bad laughing and jumping around and acting ridiculous. I think it fit. Well, maybe it does. But um, I did like the fact that he was spazzing out in public and people were just looking at him like he was crazy. I did like all those moments. He he really had to spaz out because it was New York. I mean, most of the time. That kind would, of thing's not going to get any... He wouldn't stand out otherwise. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't stand out. He wouldn't get any attention. Uh, so uh, apparently you need a lot of water to keep the Aylmer. Yeah, I guess it lives in water. Now, when, when we finally get the, the behind... Uh, not behind the scenes, but when when we finally get the exposition or the backstory on the Aylmer from the old man, 
Uh, Brian thinks he says Elmer and he goes, you fucking named him Elmer. <laughs> that is my favorite bit of dialogue from Brian. And then my favorite bit of dialogue from the old man is when, when he says, not Elmer, Aylmer. And then he does the whole explanation of what the name means. And the, what was and the, that explanation? Again? Uh, remember? Oh, what the name. And, and of course I, I have actually um, grabbed the sound bites from that and I'll, I'll pop them in here. strong I knew someone in the building had him but I didn't think it was you where is he is he on you now I don't know what you're talking about no do you know what you're dealing with you're an amateur it takes years to control him he'll drain you use you till you waste away yeah then what do you want him for because he's mine Elmer belongs to me Elmer you fucking named him Elmer? Not Elmer. Aylmer. A-Y-L-M-E-R. An old English word meaning the all-inspiring famous one. And that he is indeed. For the Aylmer is a creature of endless histories. A living relic of civilizations long since forgotten. And then he goes through this whole history of uh, he was taken by like... Uh, Alexander the Great and whatever. <laughs> he goes through this whole history of where he got snatched yeah. and stolen. And and then he finally hunted him down because, of course, he knew of his existence. And we, we see all these wonderful uh, antiques and uh, relics and um, tribal art in the in the apartment of the old couple. Yeah. Which tells you this old man had figured out in his research that this creature must really exist. And that's why he went and looked for him. So uh, he found him, and he supposedly owned him, but he and his wife were juicing with Elmer. and Juicing with Elmer. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like an like a elderly porn? <laughs> juicing with Elmer. That sounds like another T-shirt. <laughs> it does. So, um, so he... Uh, I wonder if I wrote that down, what the old man says. It doesn't matter, because I'll have the sound bite. Yeah. But... Um, but he is, you know, he sort of uh, clues him in that this isn't just some anomaly. This isn't just some weird thing. There's a great history behind it. Yeah. And you're a fool and an idiot and I need him back. Yeah. Which basically comes from uh, his his own drug addiction. So yeah. I like the fact that he'll stop at nothing. And uh, that includes bringing an old World War II German Luger pistol <laughs> pointing it at him. Which is what I you know, kind of was able to deduce what that was. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, the brain pulling scene, um, didn't really do much for me. I mean, that's just like extra gore. Uh, I did think that the blowjob scene was hilarious, uh, just cause of how it looked. Um, outside of that, uh, yeah, the, the brother and the girlfriend were just sort of incidental characters. I didn't really care much about them, but mostly it's the Aylmer and yeah, the um, the part where he's on the subway and we get the basket case cameo. Yeah. There's also uh, the Aylmer popping out of his mouth. Yes. Like every time they go in between, you know, where there's light and yeah, it's kind of strobing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. The girlfriend's sitting right next to him and he keeps popping out. He's going to he's gonna eat her brain. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Jolene, do you remember any favorite uh, 
aspects or moments in this? That was the subway scene, as I say. That's a favorite. I remember when he goes to a card wrecking site yeah. early on, doesn't he? And he's like freaking out, seeing all these uh, colors. And yeah. 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 The Very whole... 80s. <clears throat> and that's when the security guard gets the Aylmer in his forehead. Yeah. Yeah, it takes about maybe two-thirds of the movie before the girlfriend pairs off with the brother slash roommate. And uh, apparently um, he hallucinates a threesome, and that's how he comes to the brain-eating scene in his hallucination slash dream. Yeah. Some kind of weird, awkward sex scene. Something like that. Turns out that it's all, it's all in his head. And then the zonked-out Brian confronts the pair after that weird dream. And says a bunch of stuff about killings and addictions. Uh, she chases after him, and that's where they end up in the subway. So that's what I had my my notes. But you see a, on a newspaper stand, killers loose in the city. Yes. <laughs> I liked that. Later on, the old man, um, when they do talk about the Aylmer, he points out, uh, you've been feeding him human brains? You're making him powerful. You know? mm-hmm. So he kept him weak by giving him, like, calf brains or whatever. Yeah from that French butcher shop or whatever. So that was kind of the main thing there. Um, when the old, when the, um, when Brian comes back from uh, that subway trip, he's changing out of his uh, bloody clothes. And that's when uh, the old man finally just decides, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. And that's, mm-hmm. when, that's when he comes up on him with a gun and uh, the undoing. Do you remember how the undoing of Brian and the Aylmer goes down in this part? Um, I know he squeezes the Aylmer at one point till its eyes are bugging out like one of those little Martian stress dolls. Yeah. Um, I think that causes an overdose is what they're implying. Yeah, it does. And then his whole brain is full of blue juice. And then the, his forehead blows out, and there's nothing but light pouring out. Yeah, so he so he accidentally overdoses Brian, uh, and then he goes after the old man. Eats, yeah. eats his brain, but gets squished to death in the process. Or was it the other way around? He attacks the old man, and then gets Brian. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, the old man's not dead yet. His brain wasn't sucked all the way out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> I know this. Were, yeah, you know, we don't want to split hairs here, but we have to be clear. <laughs> yeah, the old lady gets her brain eaten. Yeah, you think the old man's dead, and then uh, yeah, while while he's dosing on on Aylmer, the old man squeezes him and kills him in the process. Everyone dies. Nobody wins. All right. But but yeah, Brian's head is bulging out. Yeah. He has to he go. He gets like a lump on top of a lump. <laughs> was there much merchandising from this movie? There was the uh, squeezy Elmers. Yeah. Yeah, squeezy Elmers. <laughs> Actually the the website that had like all the pictures of the of the models and puppets and stuff, they did show some stuff, but it really wasn't much. Mm. You can make it like a thermos with keep your blue juice and that would, yeah. That would be kind of nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think they, yeah, they, they could have done like a squeezy stress toy mm-hmm. that looked like him. That would have been nice. The fan art is much better than the merchandise, though. Okay. Like people have made Elmers out of felt or different kinds of fabric. So they look pretty cool. It's kind of like a lot of people are doing the alien face suckers now. Right. <laughs> so, uh, out of yarn or felt or what? All of the above. I mean, if you go on Etsy... Pretty much anything you can think of, someone's doing it. It's like, oh, the scarf that, you know, from the 10th Doctor and Doctor Who, you know, or whatever. So, like, it, there's very specific... I believe that was the 7th Doctor. Oh, I yeah, probably know. the 7th. I have no one. idea. I don't, yeah, I don't know either. I'm not an expert. Um, I'm not a Whovian. <laughs> yeah, um, what was the guy from 28 Days Later who played which whichever Doctor? Christopher... Eccles. Eccles, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so I was watching Doctor Who on Netflix, and I was like, hey, there's that guy. Oh, yeah, 28 Days Later. <laughs> He's the military leader guy. Mm. Yeah, and then, of course, he and he ended up in... Um, G.I. Joe. Yeah, a bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Not afraid to work. G.I. Joe, that wasn't a movie. That was an was action that? figure. I that actually coming out. <laughs> so... Um, the big, the big ending, of course, uh, Brian goes up to his apartment with his swelling head and the old man's Luger pistol and, um, shoots himself in the head. And of course, from outside, we see this extremely bright glowing light. And then it cuts to Brian with a glowing hole in his head. And of course he dies. I think the cops are coming in on him at the time. Yeah. And, um, I'm sure there's morals to the story, but who cares? It's got a cool drug inducing, uh, <laughs> Little little eel turd that uh, eats brains. Mm-hmm. I think that's the real focus of this movie. <laughs> Drugs are bad. So, Julian, tell us about Basket Case, since I haven't seen it. Okay, so it's uh, it's got a similar sort of um, relationship. You've got this kid in, a poor kid in New York, and he's got this something in a basket that he carries around with him everywhere he goes. And uh, it's called Belial. <laughs> and uh, he's tracking down people for some reason to exact some kind of retribution mm-hmm. with the aid of Belial. And uh, various gory things happen. And then you find out what the nature of the relationship is and what Belial is. Hmm. Well, we don't want to spoil that since we're not. Well, you've not seen it yet. No. So. Yeah. I wouldn't care. I don't really worry too much about spoilers unless it's really important. The crying game. What was the secret of that? <laughs> it was his sled. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a, there's a few of these like uh, horror movies in the 80s, which are kind of sleazy New York. They're, they're, they're ones that are kind of not funny at all, like Maniac and yeah. uh, Driller Killer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, not was much, Phyllis Diller in that? Not much fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Phyllis Diller. <laughs> the Phyllis Driller Diller. Killer. Killer. <laughs> that, that was a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but then there's like uh, the Hen and Lotto movies and uh, Street Trash is a fun one. I've not seen that. It, it's, uh, it's, so you've got a, you know, a bunch of bums and, and it's, it's kind of like this um, sleaze horror remake of a Kurosawa movie called Dideskaden. Really? Which is a story. It's various stories of all these uh, homeless people who live in this huge trash dump. Oh. And uh, so street trash is a similar thing with all these bums around this New York, and there's this like a t- toxic drink that they they're trying to get their 
hands on, which has the effect of melting them. Wow. And the, uh, who was the special effects? Jennifer Aspinall, was it? Um, she's, she's like this, uh, painter. Mm -hmm. So she's got this really different approach to doing all these goopy Hmm. meltdown effects. It's a cool movie. Sounds really cool. Yeah. Okay. So we, we have to watch street trash. We we should do like a, uh, the heyday of sleazy New York. episode. (laughs) It's funny. We were, we were talking about that, how like Disney swooped in and transformed, uh, Times Square into a wonderland for families to walk around being boring. <laughs> when you could, when you could have, you know, people with guns and porno theaters and garbage everywhere, who doesn't want that? Mm. You know. Yeah. Visit lovely New York City. So, anywho, um, I enjoyed this one. I do regard it as, of course, a horror movie. I mean, this is one of those ones where you don't have to question. There's a creature living on this guy as a parasite and it's eating brains. That's pretty clearly horror. Um, to answer the question I usually ask you guys, would you recommend it? I would answer that myself by saying, yeah, because I have. I used to have it on VHS and I would loan this to all kinds of people mm-hmm. back in the college days. Yeah. And uh, I never had anybody come back and say it was boring. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> definitely not boring and nobody ever even really said it was bad even though they're you know you could consider it a b movie or a bad movie or whatever but it's a b movie yeah yeah no doubt about it it's uh but it's a good one yeah anyone looking for something eccentric you know yeah i'm looking for something different on board with slashes and right yeah there's nothing else let's move on to the brain eel because <laughs> this came out in 88 and that was like a awful period for horror movies it was all franchises yeah way way sequelized tired yeah slasher yeah. franchises i think they were on like nightmare on elm street 20 by then <laughs> yeah. or something freddy krueger was moonwalking and yeah. cracking jokes and high-fiving and skateboarding <laughs> or whatever the fuck they had him doing at that point <laughs> It just got so stupid. So, yeah, people will get really offended if you say anything bad about Freddy Krueger, but for you know, he, he basically turned into uh, Henny Youngman or something. At a, at Freddy Krueger was hilarious. <laughs> it's the only reason you watched those stupid movies is for his witty dialogue. I want to see a rap battle between him and the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> Who's got the better puns? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Do you watch those epic rap battles of history? <laughs> no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> They're actually really funny. Of history, so it's like Alexander the Great. And... Yeah, it would be like uh, there's there's like uh, Abraham Lincoln versus Chuck Norris. Right. It's just you know different people in history. Okay. Ha- having rap battles. They're actually pretty funny. You might be surprised. All right. Ah, uh, so. This could be a fairly short episode. Yeah. I mean, what can you say about brain damage? It's good. Go watch it. Yeah. Brain damage is is fun. A lot of brains get eaten. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have have you uh, ever recommended it to anyone other than Will, Julian? I'm Uh, sure he's... Not really, because I don't know many people who (laughs) who come up to me and say, I'm looking for something different in horror movies. I, I I don't think I've made Emily watch it yet. 
Really? No. Wow, you married that woman. Yeah. I think we watched Basket Case, actually. Oh. Well, this this is a lateral She can move. take it. She, she can take it. If it's fictional gruesomeness, she can take. Most yeah. Most people who know you know that you are uh, a walking encyclopedia of film knowledge, don't they? Uh, well, it's not true, because I, I think uh, that Doctor Who act was Christopher Eccleston. Okay. Not Eccles. Okay. So I get things wrong all the time. And he didn't see whatever the movie you were you brought up earlier, <laughs> Judex. Yeah. yeah. Judo. Big, big party foul, not knowing that movie with a masked woman in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drink. But, uh, I've seen a lot of films that people haven't seen, so I can appear to be knowledgeable, but I'm actually speaking complete rubbish. <laughs> I'm getting it all wrong. You own over a thousand DVDs, right? Uh-huh. Okay, right there. You, you got it over most people. You you tend to remember stuff about the movies you do own. Mm-hmm. I would say that's true. You've seen a lot of them. Yeah. So. Having said that, I would assume people ask you all the time, hey, what's a good movie for this sort of occasion? No? no? Not really. I don't... Yeah. I'm Apart from this podcast, I don't have people who get together. Hmm. There's people who say, oh, can you introduce me to Fellini? And then that guy never turned up. He's dead. There's no way to introduce them. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's not like I have a circle of film buff people I hang out with. Outside of this show. That's just unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should live in New York. <laughs> well, if you had a time machine and you can go back to sleazy New York, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go to sleazy New York. Yeah. Maybe they'll make it a Disney attraction. Oh, maybe. For hipsters. Disney sleazy New York. <laughs> Disney street trash. Oh, that would be great. Like It'd be like Westworld, except sleazy New York. Yeah. And there could be like a... Uh, what was uh, uh, the guy from Taxi Driver? What was the character's name? Um, Travis Bickle. There could be like a Travis Bickle that goes <laughs> that goes berserk. <laughs> he won't shut off. It's a ride. It's so, a ride. Yeah, you have like a 3D. You get in your taxi and it takes you on a 3D tour through like yeah. porno cinemas and, and you end up at a shootout. At a, that sounds great. Like, yeah. a, like a pimp like beats you down and, and just pistol whips you. Yeah. You have to pay extra for the pistol whipping. (laughs) I like that idea. Sleazy New York ride. Sleazy New York. Yeah. What a great idea. You've got to find Jodie Foster in a certain amount of time. Yeah. Otherwise the president dies. (laughs) (laughs) Or President Trump dies. (laughs) Oh, I, I noticed, like, think of Elmer with the top of his head orange. Holy crap. That does look like Trump. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Put a shitty toupee on Elmer. That's awesome. I think I just answered my own question about who, who the Republicans should nominate. Leatherface? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, why right. not? He'd be a good candidate. <laughs> You're right. Have a Democrat. Hmm. Somebody really nice, hopefully. Uh or kooky. Well, you know, it's not horror, but I would say Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Because, well, Bernie, not too different. Wild hair stammering, saying a lot of wacky stuff. Great Scott. Yeah. Has Bernie ever said Great Scott? He should. If he put Has a... he ever said 1.28 <laughs> 
Gigawatts. Gigawatts. <laughs> you know, he could run on that platform so easily. He could just be like, hey, don't I remind you of Doc Brown? Yeah. That would be great. You get some running mate that reminds you of Michael J. Fox. That's all you need. Actually, Hillary's hairdo, not too different from Michael J. Fox. So she puts on a poofy vest. Huh. Some Nike sneakers. Good to go, man. <laughs> I thought they were Reeboks. Were they Reeboks? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> You're completely losing all my fan base in the UK, you know. No, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna just cut the part right when we, right after we said, put a toupee on Aylmer. Seriously, I will. Is Back to the Future hated in the UK? Don't think so. No. Oh, okay. I thought maybe that's why we would be losing. <laughs> we, we lap up this American stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, they're good movies. Yeah, they're not bad. Yeah. Well, we're gonna be putting Aylmer's tune in here. Elmer's tune. So that's gonna yeah. be, you know. That'll bring us up to about an hour right there. You just put that right over our our talking right now. Yeah. You, you can hear Zach Lee singing on some of those Halloween albums, I'll let you. Well, yeah. We, He's you, on uh, Halloween Hootenanny. Yeah, we could put that in. Yeah, we could find... Uh, he, he does a bunch of stuff. We could put, put some of that in at the end, so, you know, since we've already taken care of the Wolf Cop rap. <laughs> So anything coming up that you're looking forward to? Any coming attractions coming out on DVD? I saw the Krampus was out on VOD. Yeah. So if you feel like you're missing it and want to go back and see it again. No, that's a one-time only kind of thing. <laughs> one and done. I was disappointed once. I don't need to be disappointed again. It could have been so much more. Yeah. But they chose not to. Yeah. I know a lot of people were kind of crazy about it, but I don't agree. Yeah, I think a lot of people liked it. It was, it wasn't terrible. Always better than most horror movies right now, but there's a new one uh, that I think we should watch for the show called The Green Room. Okay. I've been hearing good things about this one. It's about a punk band that goes to play a gig, and it turns out, oh shit, they're in a skinhead club. Yeah, we saw a trailer for that uh, during The Witch. Is that where that? Yeah. Because I, I felt like I saw a trailer for it. Yeah, they played a couple. The the Purge 12 or something. Yeah, election year. Yeah. Ooh, man. Bunch of masked people with toupees. Yeah. And uh, the darkness is just coming out this next week, isn't it? Hmm, I don't know that one. It just looks like another tween horror movie. Mm. The sparkly vampires. So the so the green room I think would be a good one for us to see if if there's a an outlet for it that we can actually see it because because okay. it's getting so much uh, praise from people who don't like mainstream stuff oh who, yeah who do like horror so I feel like ah oh, well that's a that's a good one I think uh, our listeners would dig it at the SIE the uh, cinema next to the um, Tarakawa and Colfax uh huh they've they've got um like a eccentric animation season going on so it's mm. like heavy metal and Things like that, but uh, I think the weekend after this, they're showing this uh, anime from like early seventies called uh, Belladonna, which oh, is nice. like this really. Not I, I've been that. waiting to see that for years and years and years. Oh, you excellent! Know, read about it in the Japanese fantasy film journal like ages ago, and been wanting to see it. Oh man, that's how heavy metal was for me. Mm -hmm. I just read about it, and you could see stills, but 
There's nowhere around me that would ever show that. <laughs> it was a stuff of legends for yeah, years. Yeah, and then you finally see it, and yes. it's so disappointing. Right. <laughs> Just like Heavy Metal Magazine. Well, you know, in its time, Heavy Metal was the first thing to come along in a long time that was not made for kids, that was animated, mm. that had like some some oddball like New Wave and Heavy Metal and rock music as the soundtrack. I mean, it was... It was like nothing else in its time. Um, but, but when you're you, when you're seeing like the the you're, you know when you're seeing like the early issues of heavy metal and then there's this adverse oh there's going to be a movie yeah and you you're thinking Richard Corbin animated Mobius yes. animated Mobius yeah and then you see the movie and it's just so cut rate yeah it, the, the animation was not good it does not hold up. Like when I saw it at 16 years old, I thought it was awesome. I think I saw it twice in theaters, and I was lucky that it that it ran somewhere where I was living. Maybe uh, you had blue juice in your brain. It, probably, knowing how I was at the time. <laughs> um, it did not hold up when I saw it many years later. I think it popped up on cable briefly, and th- there's mm. always licensing crap, and that's why stuff disappears. But it, it does it does not hold up. They could redo something like that, and make it awesome, mm-hmm. but I don't think anybody ever will. Um, there's there's cartoons on Cartoon Network that are better, so I I don't feel like I miss there being a feature length animated movie that's got weird content. I think there's plenty yeah, of it out there. There are now. there are actual feature length uh, animations of Mebius and Bilal and okay, yeah, and that have been made. Yeah. It's totally worth a look. I mean, I'll, I'll see anything they put out. Mm-hmm. Why not give it a look? Mm-hmm. You, can, you can get surprised once in a while. But you look at something like um, Spirited Away, mm-hmm. I'll watch that, you know, 10 times before I'll watch Heavy Metal again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just beautiful and yeah. weird and fun and and uh, it's got a message and everything's great. It's like um, Heavy Metal, is a, it was a valiant effort in its day, but it's... A, yeah, do I think I've me. seen that. I got a copy of it and I watched it once and uh, yeah, kind of, kind of bored. <laughs> yeah, I watched it once so when they finally put it out on DVD. Oh, so yeah. disappointing, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I mean, how it couldn't live up to the however many years that had been. It, it became too, sixteen years of build up. You know, it was too fabled. Yeah, <laughs> could never hold up to the hype. Well, that's probably as good a place as any to wrap it up, isn't it? All right. Okay. Well, cool. Well, in keeping with our not talking about what we're going to talk about next time, um, we can just say goodbye. And uh, uh, thank you, listeners, for listening um, all over the world. I'm amazed by this every time I look at the stats. Uh, we've had thousands of listens, and they're all over the globe. And um, if you do get a chance, listeners, please go on to iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you found us and rate, review, and subscribe. It does help other people find us. And uh, the more we grow, the more likely it is that we could maybe go places or have guests or whatever. I don't know. Buy, buy some blue juice, whatever it is. Lot, yes. <laughs> but I got to hook up. But we do this for free, to be clear. <laughs> so uh, all we could ask for is some internet love. That's it. All right. All right. Well, good night. Good night. Stay Or Moore's. day or whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> Bye. You're crazy. Am I? 
The Elmer's origins can be traced back to the Fourth Crusade, where he was snatched from the Emperor Alexius during the sack of Byzantium in 1203. It's believed a Venetian mercenary named Matteo Grimaldi brought the creature to Europe, but he had to surrender it almost immediately to a renegade cardinal, a Borgia, who wanted the Aylmer all to himself. In 1699, the Aylmer reappeared in the possession of one Don Manuel Peralta, a Spanish viceroy and freelance corsair. He lost the Aylmer to a Portuguese admiral off the Barbary coast, who himself was murdered within days by a young midshipman who fled with his prize to Africa. There, the Elmer quickly fell into the hands of a Mabutu chief, whose tribe placed a deep religious value in the Elmer's many talents. Then, during the Second World War, a German munitions tycoon bribed a battalion commander to obtain the Elmer for himself. It didn't work out that way. The Elmer was brought to Berlin all right, but he passed from host to host for over three decades until I tracked him down, until I paid for him in both money and blood, until I made him mine. You're out of your mind. Get him to me. It's mine, damn you. Mine, mine, mine. 